What's going on? DB here, and I'm going to break down everything you need to know and nothing you don't for betting or playing DFS uh, at Copperhead, the course at Ennisbrook Resort, the site of the Valspar Championship. And including, I want to, I saw some comments last week on last week's video that you want, you want me to break down what is really recent form? What do I consider recent form? I'm going to hit that at the end. For now, if you want to leave me a comment, I want to see this. Leave me a comment on what type of DraftKings contests are you playing in if you play DFS? Are they GPPs? Are they cash games? If they're GPPs, tell me what type of contest, the big ones, the single entries, the mass entries, the three max entries. Tell me what it is you're playing on, playing in. I want to know so that I can kind of cater some future content to you there. But I want to get into Copperhead Innisbrook Resort, and I want to start with some player quotes because this really sets the foundation for the you know other things about this golf course that you need to know. So I want to start. I want to start right here with a quote from Jordan Spieth. This course, this is Jordan speaking. This course, it's a very difficult course. It's definitely tougher than average. And if you see guys that come out and play well here, they're likely to play well on the harder courses and the bigger tournaments, just because that kind of course suits their game more, I guess. You have to work the ball both ways here. It requires all sorts of shots, punch shots, launching it in the air, and obviously some discipline around the greens. Very telling stuff there from Jordan. Copperhead does play pretty tough. We'll get into more of the data and the breakdown of that here in just a minute. Um, all right, let's look at another one. This one is a little more in detail and very in-depth, but it gives you a great picture from a guy who's won here twice, Paul Casey. And he says, you always have got to do a lot of things well. you got to drive it well, chip and putt well to win tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a premium here on sort of medium to long irons into these greens. This isn't the longest golf course. Quite a few guys hit irons off the tee, and you're forced to hit irons uh, off some of the tees. Guys hit irons off things like two and three, but the par threes are long. These are some of the most difficult par threes on the PJ Tour. Um, where am I? And those approaches into the second shots into a lot of those par fours require somewhere in the 175 to 200-yard plus shots coming in. And I've always been very, very good in that area. Without question, when I say ball strikers course, it can mean anything. It can mean driving. It can mean wedges. But in this particular instance, this golf course is kind of a 175 to 200 plus golf course. That's where the premium is. And that's what I do very well. Very rarely on this Copperhead course do you face the same wind direction twice. So you're always having to make slight adjustments for the wind, and then you can't quite figure it out. It's a difficult golf course. Fantastic breakdown. I mean, I, I could turn it off right there, and you probably know where to start building out your models and starting to look at things, key players, key trends. You probably know quickly who to eliminate. Paul Casey gives us a lot there. I want to I look at one more quote from Charles Schwartzel on this golf tournament. Uh, Charles is a, uh, you know, he was a, he was a ball striker in his day. He says, well, the first time I played, I didn't play very well. But, you know, the more I played it, I felt like it was a golf course where you need sort of experience to play. You need to learn how to play this golf course. It looks like an easy course because it's not long on distance. But, man, the way you have to shape the shots, right back to what Jordan Spieth said, the way you got to think and the variety of clubs you use, it's just a really good golf course. So you got to really think your way around it. And you very seldom get the guy that plays badly otherwise. You've got to bring a good game here to compete. So three really strong quotes there from three players who have had success here uh, and three well-known players in the game. I think that's very telling. Again, I want you to comment here. Tell me what type of DFS contest you're playing on DraftKings or FanDuel. If they're GPPs, what kind. If you're playing cash games, that's going to help me structure some content down the road. But I did get a question on last week's video. What do I consider recent form? 
You know, so I want to get into that just a little bit at the end of this video. So stick around and give me a thumbs up if you don't mind. Hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button if you're not currently subscribed to the uh, the Tour Junkies YouTube channel. I would appreciate it. All right, let's look at some key features on this golf course. Uh, well, key stats, key trends. Data Golf has Innisbrook as the fourth most difficult course on the PGA Tour schedule since 2015. That's not including majors. That's right there along with Bay Hill and Quail Hollow. I mean, the Florida swing is typically one of the tougher stretches of golf we see on the PGA Tour. You don't typically see scoring get to the 20s uh, by the end of Sunday here at, uh, at Copperhead, that's for sure. Innisbrook also ranks fourth out of all the courses on the current PGA Tour schedule. So current PGA Tour schedule is key there. Uh, obviously also not including majors. It ranks fourth in driving distance average since 2015, meaning the shortest. So you know, like Paul Casey said in that quote, they, they don't tend to hit a lot of, you know, not a lot of drivers hit on these, uh, on these tee boxes. Um, a lot of the longer guys will club down. Even, even the guys that aren't so long will club down here at Copperhead because the, the fairways are so small and being in the fairways is so essential to being able to control your spin and land on these greens. We'll talk about these greens more here in just a second. Innisbrook, Innisbrook ranks 11th in driving accuracy percentage at around 64% and top 10 narrowest fairways on the PGA Tour since 2015, around 28 yards average. So it's, it's not that easy to even hit these, even with the, uh, with the irons in hand. Innisbrook ranks as the third lowest greens and regulation percentage at 62% on the PGA Tour since 2015, uh, excluding majors. That's key. Third lowest green and regulation percentage excluding majors on the PGA Tour since 2015, meaning Despite some, you know, good players playing here in the past, ball strikers, despite hitting these fairways by clubbing down, you still see a lot of guys miss greens here because they're small. They're, they've got some slope to them for sure. And, uh, you know, they got a lot, you know, you got to hit the proper spots on these greens, not just the greens in general, or the ball's going to run off and you're going to be chipping. So scrambling is going to play a factor here for sure. Just some key features uh, that we see is definitely – Despite, despite players clubbing down on these narrow fairways, the hit percentage is still pretty average, and driving distance is considerably lower than average. So I, I think for that reason, I'm probably going to exclude strokes gained off the tee kind of statistics into the model because I think they, I think they take a back seat. This is a, this is a position golf course off the tee, so guys are going to find a way to hit a certain spot, a certain landing area, whether they can you know, hit a four iron to get it there, whether they have to hit a two iron or a hybrid or a fairway wood or a driver to get it there, they're going to hit what they need to hit to get to about the same spot. I think we're going to see a lot of guys playing from around the same spots in the fairway, which then means it really becomes an iron game into these greens, a scrambling game and a putting game from that point. Uh, historically, like I said, it's one of the more challenging greens and regulation uh, courses, tournaments. This course has a lot of quirks. That's what you need to know. And I think you can kind of see it in the in some of the quotes we looked at. Uh, there's a lot of elevation changes here. There's slopes. There's dog legs, and uh, a lot and a few blind approach shots. Plenty of sand out here. Plus, the wind can change on a dime, and different winds present different challenges, giving an edge to experience. You know, I think uh, Charles Schwartzel mentioned that um, in that quote that we read. I believe Jordan Spieth mentioned it, but talking about the change in wind direction and the wind playing a factor and that, you know, specifically experience coming into, coming into play when it comes to conquering Copperhead and understanding what the wind is going to do and where you need to land it based on that. 
The greens are slightly smaller. They're, they're smaller than average, but they have plenty of slope. Uh, they present smaller landing areas, like I said, tough to hit and tough to hit it real close in wind conditions. And especially if you're not playing from the fairway, if you're not playing from the fairway and you're trying to hit, you know, these small little pockets on these greens in wind from rough, good luck. Probably not going to be a great week for you. Probably going to be a short week. The, uh, they got firm and slightly grainy Tiff Eagle Bermuda surfaces. Now, they did play this course in 2021. They bumped it. They had to play it in May due to scheduling conflicts, which saw less overseed present and more of the true Tiff Eagle grainy Bermuda. But here, you know, coming back to normal starting in 2022, playing this in its typical spot in March, while they are Tiff Eagle Bermuda greens, there is still some overseed left in them, so maybe not quite as grainy as they could be in the summers. But I still think you treat this when you're looking at these greens as typical Florida Tiff Eagle Bermuda, which we see throughout this Florida swing, starting at the Honda PGA National, Bay Hill at Arnold Palmer, Sawgrass for the players, and now here at Copperhead for, uh, for the Valspar. So, you know, less Bermuda grain, you need to know that. Now, this is also a unique thing about Copperhead. It's a par 71, around 73 to 7,400 yards, right in the middle there. Uh, based out of Palm, Palm Harbor, Florida, which is essentially Tampa, Larry Packard design. But here's what's interesting. Five par threes and four par fives on this golf course. So a big slide down in the number, uh, only half, you know, half, of the, uh, half of the golf course is par fours, which normally we see more than that. So these guys have to take advantage of these par fives. And the par threes, though, there's five of them. They are tough. They're really tough. And I think it plays into what Paul Casey said about, you know, needing to hit those long irons, those 175 to 200 plus yard irons. I mean, basically every one of these par threes is going to play like that. And then you're going to have approach shots into par fours and par fives of the same, uh, you know, same kind of distance. So I want to look at my favorite stats here. Strokes and approach is always going to be there. Yep. It's, it's the biggest, most predictive stat, I think. And even though golf is hard to predict, it's the most predictive stat every week. It's never going to not be here. Strokes gain around the green, I think comes into play here. And, you know, Sometimes I'll say, okay, if you, if you put in bogey avoidance, you tend to get a lot of the guys that play well around the green because that means they're, they're hitting greens more often, and when they're not, they're able to get up and down, avoiding bogey. But I do have both in here this time. Just considering the difficulty of Copperhead, considering you know, the skill sets that these players and other player quotes have, have mentioned, being able to scramble, get up and down here, I, I want to look at both. I want to see both. I want to make sure that as I'm looking at the model, my guys are checking out in both. Um, strokes game putting on Florida Bermuda. That's what I'm talking about when I say this Tiff Eagle Bermuda at PJ National, at Bay Hill, at Sawgrass, and here at Innisbrook. Par five scoring is going to be key. You have got to take advantage of these par fives. I think it's similar to what Tiger said about Bay Hill. You know, he won there eight times to say, like, listen, you got to make your you got to make your hay on these par fives because the rest of the course can eat your lunch. So we need guys that are going to score on those par fives. If your guys are making pars on the par fives, you're probably cooked. And then strokes gained ball striking at, uh, at Innisbrook. I think I have it wrong here on the screen. But at Innisbrook, that, that kind of helps me understand who's hit it well here. Who's comfortable hitting it to these same spots in the fairway and then hit, hitting their long to mid irons onto these small screens. Strokes gained ball striking, a combination of strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. That's what I want to look at. Um, that's what I want to see. Now, before I get into what is recent form, because that's a factor every single week, right? Recent form, every week you got to evaluate. I do want to let you know the Nut Hut is hopping. If you don't know what the Nut Hut is, it is our private Discord server. You can join it for $10 a month, $90 a year. 
we got everything in the Nut Hut, and people are winning money hand over fist in the Nut Hut. That is where we drop all of our inside info, inside intel that we get from the course week in and week out from all the caddies we know, all the players we know. Uh, if we're on site as media, we, we relay all that information into the Nut Hut. It's a special place. It's a great community over there, hundreds of members and very active 24-7. And not just golf. Golf is the primary you know, thing, but we have other channels in there where if you play DFS or you bet on any sport, there's channels in there, there's community in there that you can get in on, and there are sharp people in there, way sharper than us on a lot of these other sports. Heck, there's people sharper than us in the golf thread. Uh, the Nut Hut Hall of Fame is where winners from you know, that, that have won big payouts on betting or DFS get put in there. Go scroll the list of the Nut Hut Hall of Fame, and you'll see why you need to be a member of the Nut Hut. It's the best community. Plus, as long as you're a member, you get 20% off anything in the Tour Junkie shop as long as you're there. It's our community. You need to be there. We, we hope you, you, you go. So go to tourjunkies.com slash nuthut. Check that out. There's probably a link in this description as well. We can send you to the Discord server. And you can actually get in for free uh, and just kind of look around and feel around. But you will be missing a lot, of, uh, a lot of access to certain things in there. So, you know, you got to pay up to see what you're missing. You can cancel at any time, though. So give it a shot. $10 a month, that's nothing. All right, so I want to wrap this up by talking about what exactly is recent form. And, I mean, I, I think it's, it's dynamic and it can be different for everybody, right? Uh, and I've been doing this. We've been handicapping this since 2015. So, and things have changed over time. Our thoughts have changed over time. You know, it, it, it is what it is. You ha when betting on golf, you have to understand that a lot of these stats and a lot of these things that you put into your weights and your models need to be dynamic week by week, event by event. Obviously, recent form in January, you know, if we're, if we're handicapping a tournament in January, recent form looks a lot different because we may not have seen any of these guys since November. And, and you know, that's a long time, so we don't know. So it, it comes less of a factor there. But I think when you're looking at strokes gain totals overall or finish position or ball striking, um, you know, I, I tend to look at like the last four to six tournaments that these guys have played in. I like to look at maybe the last 24 rounds, which is something you can, you can get on Fantasy National. For putting stats, though, for putting stats, for stats like bogey avoidance, um, and for like scoring stats, like par five scoring or, or DraftKings scoring or whatever, I tend to want to take a little further, you know, I want to go further out. I want a larger sample size because those things are, you know, can be kind of variable and they're usually skill sets that we see play out over time. So if I'm look, if I want to get into the stats of recent form, like how good has this guy been recently, you know, hitting his irons um, and, and strokes gained off the tee. Those things I might want to look more recently. So four to six, you know, four to six tournaments, 24 rounds. But like I said, a guy who checks the box in bogey avoidance or a guy who putts well on Bermuda, you need a bigger sample size to understand who really has done that over a, a long-term span. I think that really gives you a better idea. So I think recent form is dynamic even within stat to stat. But it, let's just say you just want to look at finish position. You know, you're saying, David, I just want to look at finish position. What, what tells me a guy's in good form? I mean, I think you look at the last four to five, maybe six tournaments that that guy's played in within a certain time frame. If, 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 if the fifth tournament that he's played in was three, four months ago, I, I don't know that I would consider that. So I want it like four to six tournaments within the last, you know, eight to 10 weeks at the most. And, and so a lot of people say too, like, well, if, if, he's, if he's missed a cut or two in his last five tournaments, does that mean he's in poor form? No, it doesn't. I think you have to understand like why he may have missed the cut by how many shots did he miss the cut? Was there a lot of variance in that tournament? Was he on the wrong side of a weather wave? Did he, uh, you know, did he had a bad break? I mean, the more and more we talk to these players and caddies, 
the more we understand that you are one tough break away from having a bad week, from not having anything to do on the weekend. And it happens all the time. So I think you have to understand that, that recent form may consider a missed cut. I think that's probably a misconception that some people look at. They want a guy who hasn't missed a cut. You know, he's been, every, he's been there every weekend. And I don't know that that's necessarily what we need to be looking for. Now, that's not a very in-depth look at recent form, but it is, uh, it is something that I think is, uh, you know, it's something to touch on right here. Maybe we get more in-depth uh, on it later. So there you go. There you have it. That's the Copperhead course at Innisbrook Resort course breakdown for the Valspar Championship. I'm DB. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe here on the video. If you're listening on a podcast, give us a five-star review and subscribe and tell somebody about it. That's right. Let's go. Make your screens be green and bend over your bookie. See ya!